0: always learning. What I have learned is to listen a lot more, say less, and really try to understand what your client, your customer is looking for, what they want. And not just, I want a great piece of real estate, right? It goes beyond that, which is also kind of why we specialize in the product that we specialize in. What is up, you beautiful bastards? It's your boy, Miata, aka
1: Rabbi Can't Lose, aka, no, okay, I can... Since y'all really loved the episode with Ryan Serhan and wanted to learn more about the real estate game, we decided to do another episode on the topic. My guest today is Matthew Lesser. He is one of the top real estate brokers in New York. Born and raised, Matt didn't want to have a job that made him sit behind a desk all day. He wanted flexibility and the ability to make as much money as he wanted. What's interesting about Matt is that he doesn't have a YouTube channel or social media really at all, besides what his kids are recommending him to do. He works in a super small boutique firm, but he's still making seven figures a year for himself. cha If you want to learn more about how to get started as a real estate broker or just curious about it, you're going to love this episode. Here's three gigantic things you're going to take away. Numero uno, what's it like to receive a $10 million check from a client? Two, why you should focus on creating relationships for the long term. And three, how being a real estate broker is competitive, but very accessible to a lot of people. Enjoy those three things, plus a bunch more ear nuggets along the way. This is part of an upcoming YouTube video where we interview some of New York's top real estate agents. Subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Noah Kagan. We just got it. Thank you, Jeremy, for getting it. YouTube.com slash Noah Kagan to make sure you don't miss out. As well, go to the appsuma.com and join our newsletter at appsumocom slash Noah. We've got some insane deals for Black Friday. Like insane. It really is insane. AppSumo.com slash Noah. Join the newsletter. Also, a special pre-show shout out to listener Fact Media of USA. They left reviews saying, great show, got into a few episodes, and the content is great. I love how Noah leads meaningful conversations with his guests who bring so much experience to the table table. Very informative. Yeehaw. Thank you and every other one of you gorgeous listeners for listening to the show. If you want to shout out in a future episode, leave a review wherever you're checking the show out online. I check every single one of them. So for people that don't know you, what, what
0: would be your, your realtor story in 60 seconds? I uh, grew up in Manhattan, went to school, upstate New York, Skidmore College, came back, wanted to work here, needed flexibility. In my work schedule, I was not looking to sit behind a desk. And real estate is both sales-driven, right? Pretty much completely sales-driven. So there's all upside. There's no ceiling. So earning power, earning potential is infinite. And the flexibility of work style. I create my own schedule. I work as hard or as little, which doesn't really happen, as I want to. I meet whoever I want to create bigger business. And hopefully it amounts to something. How
1: much did you make in your first year? Like how much did you sell and how much did you make? Probably
0: made like 80000 bucks. That's pretty good for your first year. How old was I? 22? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I was living with my parents for about four months and then said, it's time. So that wasn't very long. And then generally, how much does your brokerage or you sell in a year? We are probably grossing $500 million
1: a year. And then generally, what does like a top realtor make or whatever you guys can share, uh, like range-wise?
0: Several million dollars a year. A top broker you make that? Yeah.
1: Like as an agent or as a broker? As an agent. All right, no more YouTube. Like I'm done. done. It's like, yeah, this video is over. I'm going to do Are you guys hiring?
0: You've got a great following. I'd be glad <laughs> to hire you. <laughs> I'm fixated with like just the real estate tour videos. Like I love... Yeah, wow. real estate porn. It's sexy. Yeah. I mean, I don't watch the real estate shows. I, I, it's too close to home. I think so much of it is staged, but those guys have made an amazing career out of it. This stuff, you know, so often sells itself. So the biggest part of my business is creating a relationship to get here. With the actual seller or with the buyer? Both. All. We represent both sellers and buyers. In this case, we represented the seller. Okay. So we were engaged by them to sell the property. We actually sold it to them only two years prior. And then how come they wanted to sell? Bought something bigger. <laughs> how big is this place? Seven thousand feet, seven thousand square feet. Yeah, six stories. That's interior only. Damn. All right,
1: we'll we'll get into that. And then, what do you think separates someone who, because you hear a lot of people starting real estate, and I don't think a lot of people consider that as a way to make like tons of money. They're like, oh, maybe I'll do this, but there's definitely a lot in it. What's separating the people that are seven figure, multi million dollar year salaries versus the people who, you know, fifty thousand less or nothing?
0: I think when I started, you know, my average sale was like two or three million bucks, which is a lot of money, right? Anywhere outside of New York, that's a ton of money. As I graduated, this is now 17 years in the game, my average size sale is probably 10 to $12 million. We get paid as a percentage of gross sales price. As the dollar amounts get higher, your earning power is much stronger. So that has clearly catapulted like my earnings over the years. What separates, I mean, you, you think about it, at least in New York, the story was, yeah, like uh, the grandma's just gonna go represent someone just because it's easy, they have a friend in the building, they're going to go sell the apartment. Then they're in and out of the business. This is my career. This is not short game. This is the long game. 17 years, I don't foresee myself changing careers anytime soon. So I think that mindset, creating relationships for the long term, both residential, commercial, will cause you know like my earning power and my market to grow. So you think more that you've taken it, you've treated it as a career, like, yo, I'm doing this for a long This call. is a career. I got in it. I got comfortable and confident in a firm and a space that we work in, which is specifically specialized to the townhouse property in Manhattan. We sell plenty of apartments, but this is our niche business. So I would say 95% of our business is townhouse related, and that's high-end single-family homes, upwards of $100 million. To multifamily investment properties where you've got a five or a 10 unit apartment building that someone's buying for cash flow. Who are the people buying $10 million places? Everyone you would think. When I started, it was doctors and attorneys. Now it's finance, tech, private equity, venture capital, the entertainment business. Depends on the market, right? Downtown, tech and entertainers are the big profile. Uptown, everything for the most part correlates to uh, the schools uptown. The elite schools are primarily on the Upper East Side. And so everyone wants to be close to those schools for convenience. Are any of your clients famous or public that you're allowed to talk about? I got to think about that. The answer is yes, that I'm allowed to talk about. Yeah, whatever you're comfortable with. It's all public.
1: Yeah, because some of the... uh, It is interesting. One of my favorite things is the Wall Street Journal Saturday real estate section. And you see that they have all the
0: celebrity houses and they show you where they buy it. Yeah, you know, a lot of our clientele buys under LLCs. Tried, you know, I sign NDAs all the time. I guess I'm curious, like, how do you meet these kind of people?
1: Like, how do you meet? The, like, how do you build relationships Because I think whether you're doing real estate or any kind of career, like, how do you connect with the seller or
0: the buyer in general? When I started our business model, so we're primarily a residential firm. I think we operate more commercially in the sense that, like, our day to day blocking and tackling is like old school. It's cold calling. It's picking up the phone. That's how I started. I literally just called owners. Picked up the phone, figured out who owned the property or what attorney was associated with the property, provide information, create a relationship. Most of the time I get told to fuck off. These cold calls are warm calls now because they are constantly calling the same people over the years, providing updates to the market, information, what their neighbor's house just sold for, what's going on in the neighborhood. And this ultimately, again, like creates that trust. And so once you can provide that information, it will ultimately lead to a sale, whether it's direct A to B or that individual knows someone, you know, I'm getting calls from people that I called 17 years ago. Finally, now, are they looking to transact? So if someone's looking to build their network, I guess, how would you go about it today? Would it be cold calling? Would it Yeah, I mean, look, it starts there right? Like you have to start at the hardest part, which is feel rejection. It's inevitable you're going to get rejected and that's okay, right? That's the only way to learn. There's a guy in my office. He started like a year ago. I never did this and kudos to him. He's knocking on doors. This is like pretty much unheard of. And he's doing it in, in an area in Brooklyn and he's had a lot of success doing it. And again, like not my personality to do it, He decided to, and it's working great for him. So I think ultimately, and I'm still figuring out ways that like work or new creative ways to generate business, a lot of networking, putting myself in front of, you know, high net worth individuals, centers of influence, whether it's attorneys, whether it's money managers, whether it's trust and estate attorneys, right? Like our business is a lot of it is death and divorce. It's the cycle of life. People need bigger spaces, they need smaller spaces. Their kids are going, you know, they're empty nesters, so they're downsizing. They're a growing family, they need bigger space.
1: What are some of the weirder ways people have gotten wealthy that you've
0: learned? Or, You know, it's a lot of old school wealth, whether it's family or whether it's like, there was someone we were shopping with for a while. They were one of the biggest manufacturers of screws. They ultimately bought like a $35 million piece of real estate. Just a little screw. The average individual is like fairly boring finance, private equity. I mean, you know, boring in the sense of they're making five, seven million dollars consistently a year and they're going to go buy a 10 to 25 million dollar house. The last couple of years have been a little different, a lot more creative types, right? The tech industry, crypto. So we're seeing a lot of that. What's the sale that you're most proud of? Probably my first It's a $3.6 million sale. It was a cold call, which led to basically uh, the gentleman telling me that his mother recently passed. And the timing was kind of, look, it's a volume game, right? I probably made thousands of calls leading up to that one. And he was like, you know, I'm sad, but your timing is right because we need to sell this property. So we met, provided a valuation. He hired me. I sold it. So that's one that I'm proud of. Yeah. What's the difference between selling a $2 million property and a $10 million property? Management of the client. Um, at the end of the day, they're treated the same. I mean, typically the $10 million is a bigger piece of property. There's a lot more emotion attached to it. Um, if it's a single family house, I mean, there's less logistics. If it's a multifamily building, you have rent regulation, you have some zoning things to consider and be knowledgeable on. You know, we treat them all the same. We sold a $56 million house uh, this year. As of now, it's the most expensive townhouse to sell this year. It was pretty organic. I mean, it was a... Uh, at the time, I think there were maybe seven properties on the market that the individual wanted to tour. And ultimately, once the decision was made, it was just a pretty quick negotiation. What are they like
1: when they're spending $56 million on a place? What are they like? Yeah, I'm just curious. Are they like neurotic? Because I was imagining they must be like, oh, shit, I'm spending this money. Is it like, yeah, this is nice. Yeah, 56, okay.
0: Um, a lot of analysis determining, you know, what the right price is, what the fair price is at the end of the day, that's all good and great. But like on residential property, there's a lot of emotion attached to it. In that instance, it was truly mint condition, fully furnished, was purchased that way. It was sake of ease for the purchaser. It offered them something to essentially move right into turnkey. It's a term we use a lot. Yeah. Did you notice anything about their psychology versus someone buying at like the million-dollar level? You know if someone's spending $56 million, you know it's not their last penny. I think when you get to the uh, lower threshold, buyers are much more sensitive to their financial status. Interest rates, mortgages, mortgage amounts are much more important. $56 million was all cash, wire to seller. A $1 million, $2 million buyer is almost ultimately financing. I think there's a lot more understanding of what's my monthly carry on that $1 to $2 million transaction versus the $56 million transaction. Have you changed or learned any new sales techniques or sales styles as you move up? Always learning. What I have learned is to listen a lot more, say less, and really try to understand what your client, your customer is looking for, what they want. And not just, I want a great piece of real estate, right? it goes beyond that, which is also kind of why we specialize in the product that we specialize in. You know, your apartment in so many respects is like fairly cookie cutter, right? It's a box on one, maybe two levels. We're in six stories right now. So there's so many variables that like you need to understand. It's 20 feet wide. There's a backyard. We're south facing. So you're going to get great light versus north facing. You get better light in the front. So these are all just little things that, you know, you would have no idea. Is there a different Commission for luxury versus regular? Um, no, we kind of keep it pretty flat across the board.
1: So when you sell like a ten million dollar plate, how much does like an agent make on that? Like forty five percent. So four hundred, five hundred thousand
0: dollars. And how long does that take to sell? A week to a year. This house, for example, we had on the market for thirty five days. That's a pretty quick turnaround it's for a month. fantastic. Specifically, at the time there was really very little competition. Our market timing was pretty perfect. I think our pricing strategy was accurate. We weren't too aggressive on the high end. We weren't leaving money on the table. We collaborate with other brokers, right? So not always am I the sole broker in the transactions. There's often a buy-side broker, or if I'm on the buy-side, then I'm the buy-side broker and there's a sell side broker. So it, you split equally the, that fee. What's it like to get a check like that? Initially, it was just like a little shocking, right? You see this check. And at the time, I was on a salary. And so the way that we run our business, at least the way that we used to run our business, is I was a junior associate. I was paid a salary. I was assisting my senior partner at the time and would get little tip outs here and there, but as I generated my own business, I had to make a decision, am I taking this whole check to myself and going out on my own, essentially being off salary or am I going to stay on salary and earn a lot less? When I saw a check of 100 I don't know, $40,000 at the time, I was like absolutely let's go. And you know, then you're every year you're starting at zero right? And I don't sleep at night. Still, to this day. You know, you think you're never going to make another sale, and that's what drives you to make another sale or 20. So the successes are great. Sleepless nights, you know, worrying, thinking about it, supporting family. That's like, doesn't sound great in theory, but that's what drives me. Yeah. How many of your sales are to new people versus existing? The majority of them are new. At the higher level, we do have a handful of repeat business and referrals, but you know, you buy a five, 7,000 square foot house, a townhouse specifically, your average time in this house is probably seven to 10 years. You know, we're now starting to see some turnover from people that we first sold properties to, but we don't just sell like, high-end single family. So we'll sell some multifamily investment stuff. So that's constant, right? People always want to invest in real estate. So how are you getting the new clients? Are you getting them just like, through cold calling you? Referral. Cold call we do a ton of direct mail which sounds old school we have an online presence as well social media google ads etc yeah. which i'd love to
1: pick your brain about growing my business but
0: yeah. referrals and just name recognition at this point i mean we're the number one townhouse sales brokerage company in manhattan yeah i like that you guys specialize and I, I would i would think referrals would be like the main thing referrals are huge and those referrals come from money managers they come from attorneys they come from existing clients and friends and you know people that we sold Two, three, three, $5 million property to 10, 15 years ago are now stepping up. So again, it's just a gradual increase. What's the most expensive property you've sold? Uh, $124 million. Can you tell us about that? Brooklyn Heights, it was part of uh, the Jehovah's Witness portfolio of real estate. They amassed over the years, some of the most incredible real estate in Brooklyn Heights and Brooklyn in general, which is where they were based. At the time, they were selling a multifamily building on Columbia Heights, which is a beautiful street, which overlooks the promenade in New York City. Uh, We ended up selling three buildings in their portfolio. One was a $124 million sale. One was a $103 million sale. So dollar amount, those were the largest transactions. Residential, most expensive single family house I've sold is uh, $56 million all big numbers. We've consulted on some big office building sales, which is not our bellywick, but you know, when asked to, we dig in. Yeah. What did the owners do for a living that bought those different places? Finance, investment, uh real estate investments. Those were all for investment. One was a residential conversion into high-end luxury rentals. They made their money in finance. The other big sale, the 103 million dollar sale was a real estate private equity company. So they bought a building, got renovated, repurposed it, and then rented it out uh, for greater cash flow. I'm still kind of tripping on the part where you're like, you, you still stay up late at night. You feel like you've been doing 17 years. I, I don't stay up late at night. I actually fall asleep very easily. I wake up in the middle of the night. Still? Yeah, not every night, but yeah. like, yeah. What are you worrying about? about? Or It's not even worry. It's just like we have so much going on that like, The brain never shuts off. Yeah. Whether I sit down, I read, I whatever, have conversations with my wife to try to calm down and that's great. Hit the pillow, I'm out. Two, three in the morning, something's going off. What keeps you hungry? Earning money, right, is is paramount in my mind, right? The creating greater wealth for myself, my family, my future generations is top on that list. But I had never sold a $56 million townhouse before, that feat of always bigger, always better, always higher is something that drives me. And then again, just like the day-to-day of meeting new people in different walks of life is just amazing. You know, our job is not the same. Every day is different, which is the biggest reason why I got into this. You know, I know so many of my friends are literally at a desk all day. That doesn't work for me. Just doesn't. When you walk around like a ten million dollar place, do you, you everything it's not worth it. You're like,
1: eh, I don't know. Yeah, we were just every sitting, day,
0: <laughs> really, all the time. Yeah, because I was just at a. We were at a. 40, it might be worth nine. It might be worth eight. Yeah, I, you know, I see pros and cons with everything that I. I can nitpick everything I see, and again, you know, like there's no perfect solution. At fifty six million dollars, I could have told you there were a few issues with that house too. Just right? like you kind of, I kind of expect pretty good, at, like not even good. I expect, it's amazing, like, yeah. it's unbelievable. I don't want to sound like like whatever, but yeah, yeah. You want to scrutinize the stuff? Let's scrutinize it.
1: That is a wrap. I hope you loved the episode as much as we did making it for you. If you want to buy a super expensive townhouse in New York or work for Matt's firm, go check out the website Leslie Garfield. That's L E S L I E G A R F I E L D dot com. Do you guys remember that commercial? Next, text a friend you love him. Yo, dog, let's go eat some New York pizza together. And before you go, tweet at me, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, at Noah Kagan, let me know what you thought of this episode. I got you. Why am I so quirky today? Also, remember to go subscribe to my newsletter. That's okdork.com, okdork.com. I put my best tips into a single short email each and every week and exclusive content just for email subscribers. Lately, we've been doing a lot of giveaways. Finally, shout outs to the amazing team who helps make all the magic happen. Jason at podcasttech.com for doing these episodes. Mitchell, Jeremy, Cam, Sasa, Nikki, and Jen from the Dork team for all the magic y'all do. And shout out to David, Ibaldo, Garrett, Og, Marnie, Lucas, Serba, Natasha, Gary, and Andy, and all the members of Absumum Marketing Team who helped launch and grow Senfox reach over a hundred thousand users in two years. That's crazy. Appreciate y'all. Amazing work the Absuma Originals team. Have an astounding day. What's your favorite piece of furniture?